All right. Good evening, everyone. My name is Nick. I'll be your host for the evening. This is Cover Four with the guys. I got Marquise and Terrence with me. Marquise, how you doing tonight? Doing good. I'm ready to get into all this uh, funness we got to talk about today. Really looking forward to it, honestly. All right. That's what I like to hear. Terrence, how you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go, man. It's going to be a fun podcast. Hope y'all tuning in and enjoying the content. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I'm doing good tonight, too. So, you know, we're ready to get into it. I don't know if y'all heard, but uh, over this past week and weekend, uh, we had something called the draft this evening. All right. So uh, let me know. You know, I just want to hear what y'all have to say about it. You know, Terrence, what did you think about the draft? You know, it was a, it was a pretty big one. Um, quarterback heavy. We had a lot go out in the first round. Who would you have as your winner for this draft? So I honestly have several winners. So y'all don't okay. have me out. Okay. So I'll give y'all my winners. And then I want to hear what you got to say about my winners. And I'm going to tell you why I chose them as my winners. Okay. So y'all see where I'm rocking. Yep. I got to go with my Pats. Yep. Going Bears, Browns, Miami, and the Jets. All right. I'm, I'm going to let you get into it. But just if you had to pick one big one, who's your one big one? Then we'll get to the rest. Hmm. One big one. I'm going to go with... I am going to go with – I'm going to go with the Browns. Okay, the Browns is your big one. All right, I like that. I like that. So you want us to get into that, and then you'll explain your reasons. Yeah, so, so, I mean, I, I can explain to y'all why. So first-round pick, they drafted Greg Newsom. Okay. Second-round pick had first-round talent. So the linebacker out of Notre Dame, Jerry yep. Owasu. Yo, that was, that was a steal. I won't lie to you. That was the big steal. I thought he was a first-rounder. Yep. So – for them, you know, adding quarterback depth as well as another linebacker to that already talented defense. Yep. We already know the offense is electric. So yep. for definitely them, they were missing, they were missing a corner. I mean not yep. a corner, they were missing a linebacker. They saw the corner issue and they yeah. got John Brown and safety. They yep. really were just they're missing linebackers. If they can, you know, they drafted him. If they could maybe get one more linebacker, they're in business. And they got uh Javion Clowney, who plays the edge, but yep. plays linebacker. You know, yeah. he'll blitz or he'll drop. And I mean, if you think about it, both of those guys have first round talent. So exactly, I picked them. I mean, that linebacker dropped because he had um, what was it again? A heart condition or something like that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he he got cleared after the draft or before and after the draft, exactly. he got cleared. So I know I like your pick, man, because a lot of times teams at the top fail to uh, draft depth. So definitely someone like the Browns, they they went for depth. Uh, so yeah, yeah, you had great pick there. Uh, how about you, Marquise? Who is your uh, big winner in the draft? My big winner is gonna sound crazy, y'all. The Vikings, not necessarily for right now. It's not definitely not next year, but yep. they drafted Kellamon in the third round. His Hell yeah! Percentage is a fifty-nine even for when he was at Texas A&M, but his rating altogether, you know, passing, rushing, yep. stats altogether, it was one hundred and thirty-two. So I'm thinking, you know, he can learn behind Kirk Cousins, who's kind of efficient. You know, Kirk throws interceptions, but he's he, his completion percentage is normally pretty good. He just yep. throw, he'll yeah. he'll throw interceptions, but hopefully under Zimmerman and Cousins, Mon can learn. And you know, the team with Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook's still young. If he can, you know, I think Minnesota's in the the market of like, all right, we know we couldn't get we can't release Cousins, but if we can find Cousins' replacement, it probably won't be next year. But maybe the year after, if Mon develops exceptional, because to me, he's a steal in the draft. So, absolutely. 
If he develops, oh, yeah. I think because he played in Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher had him not running. Like he yeah. was he was throwing strictly from the pocket and not really using his athleticism. So yep. now he's going to go somewhere that might utilize his athleticism, much like how they did with Teddy Bridgewater. Now he's going to get maybe a little bit free more room to move around, and he's going to have an arsenal of weapons. He got Urban Smith Jr. at tight end, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Like the offense is cooking with them. So, you hit it right on the head. For sure. I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, being at Texas A&M, you know, I, we had to play them as far as my Gators. But they, they got us this past year, and, you know, we were trying to go for that championship. <laughs> but, I mean, Kellamon definitely is a great de- developmental quarterback. Um, being able to sit and learn the game, I feel like it's going to do him great. Because he, he, de- he definitely has a talent, whether it's from an arm standpoint, as well as, you know, physically running the ball. Um, yep. so I feel like being able to sit for maybe a year or, or two, right? if it ain't going how they want it to go, you know, towards the end of the season, I could see him, you know, potentially getting some reps. Well, unlike this offseason, like, I mean, last offseason, the rookies didn't have a training camp or, you know, the mini camps or nothing because of COVID. Or I don't know exactly how it worked out. This year, they're going to be able to do it. So he's going to have it. It's not going to be virtual. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree with 100%. And, like, so similar, not the same, because, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes is from a different universe. But a similar type of game plan that you could have is Kellen with uh, Kellen Mond is like the Patrick Mahomes, have him sit one, maybe two years, and then step into a situation where he's got a ton of toys to play with, right? So you got Dalvin Cook. You can play run first and then have Kellen Mond with the athleticism. So the one thing – that you really don't get um, in the offense right now is that athleticism with the rollouts and Adam Thielen, which is a possession receiver. You can work a lot with that. And then Justin Jefferson being a breakout in his rookie season, you're able to do a lot more with that offense. So I think Kellen Mond, not this year, but a year from now, maybe two years, will be able to really take over that offense and show what a next level can be uh, uh-huh. that maybe the Vikings don't have at this moment. Definitely. Um, for my winner, uh, I went with the Chicago Bears. I mean, obviously, we saw the nightmare that played out with Mitch Trubisky. I hate that for him. You know, I, I'm a big player person, so I want to see every player succeed. Obviously, there's only 53 players on the roster, uh, only 22 players between offense and defense that get to start. So not everyone could be a winner. But unfortunately, you know, they whiffed big time with Trubisky in a draft that had people like a Patrick Mahomes, like a Josh Allen. So you, you want to see a team that's as – historic as the uh chicago bears come out on top with a quarterback who has really historically never had a quarterback you know uh terrence you came out with the walter payton jersey uh even back in 85 when they had jim mcmahon i mean they didn't they never have had one so the fact that they were able to trade up and get a justin fields was massive for that team um he slid way further than i think he should have you know people had him as high as that third pick with san francisco so the fact that they were able to add a quarterback that had a similar uh, athletic build to Mitch Trubisky, but then add way more with arm talent, hopefully with that receiver that they have, you know, with Allen Robinson, they're able to develop something with that team. The other big one is the fact that they were able to steal two offensive tackles. I mean, their offensive line wasn't the greatest last year, kind of middle of the pack. They were able to get Tevin Jenkins and Larry uh, Borum who Borum fell to the fifth round and was ranked as high as a third round draft pick. I think they were really able to, you know, capitalize on some of the picks that were available to them. 
Um, and then Daz Newsome, that wide receiver out of UNC, I don't know how much y'all heard about him, but he's a gadget play type of player like a Deshaun Jackson, Percy Harvin. Not as good, but to be able to get him at a fifth round, you're really able to capitalize on something with the athleticism that the offense will provide. So I'm super excited to see what the Bears are able to do this season. I really do hope that they do well because if we're honest, there's certain teams in sports that have to do well for ratings to be up. And for the NFL, the Bears are one of those teams that it would really benefit the league to do well. I feel like sure. you picked a hell of a team with the Bears. I think they definitely got their quarterback of the future with Justin Fields. Yep. I honestly think it's not going to be no sit behind Andy Dalton type thing because yeah. that defense is that defense is ready to win. A They're ready now. They're ready like, today. They yeah. They've been yeah. ready for the last three. Maybe it was four it years. was the offense had to catch up. Yep. And you let go. You let uh, Kyle Fuller, the brother of Kendall, on the football team. Yep. You let him go. I think he went to the Broncos, right? Yep. So you know. They're a little shaky at corner now, but you still got Eddie Jackson, still got Khalil Mack. Still Khalil got Mack, Hitch, one of the best in the league. Yeah, yep. Roquan Smith. Like, yep. they're so structurally damaging on defense for other teams that mm-hmm. if Justin Fields can come in and, you know, and just light it up and show next year, because I don't think this year coming up that they, you know, bust into the playoffs. Probably not. You're not expecting a rookie quarterback to take you to the Exactly. Season. So there's, yeah. there ain't no yeah. big pressure. But if he shows good flashes and consistent, Oh, next year it's it, they're going to. It's on, like, yeah, yeah. It's, we got to go because if you yeah. look at it from another standpoint, not to bring this up, but if Roger leaves for whatever reason, or he's gone, you know, okay, that's now a huge opening. Now you're like, okay, well, all right, eliminate the Lions. Don't even care for the Lions, but Minnesota, okay, their defense is god awful. Don't got to worry about them either. If Justin Fields can produce with that offense, you know, he got his weapons. Yep. Yeah, it's it's up that's- for grabs. That's another reason, uh, great point, Nick, why I said that the Bears were one of the winners as well, because they traded up again to select the offensive tackle, Tevin Jenkins. So, yep. I mean, that was a great point there. That was a first-round talent that they ended up getting way far – or further back than what should have been, yeah. you know. And this is a very offensive line deep, you know, draft. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, for the Bears, what they need to do is David Montgomery rolling. I mean, it's, it's way overdue. We know that that running game there has been atrocious. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's about time for them to get rolling with that running game. Yeah. I think if they can do that, that'll definitely help Justin Fields out a lot. You know, sure. having the pressure off of him having to come in and, you know, throw the ball a lot, take a lot of hits early, you know, take run the ball a lot and, you know, get hit a lot. So hopefully he's able to protect himself as well. Absolutely. But definitely they got to steal there and, you know, with him falling and being able to trade up um, athletically, obviously way more gifted than Mr. Trubisky, yep. yep. talent way better than Mr. Trubisky. So, and then you have a security blanket in in Robinson. So the fact that you're able exactly. to, you know, capitalize on something like that, you got, you got something for him. You got at least a little bit, and then the fact that you're able to capitalize on the offensive line in the draft. I mean, that's all you can ask for, right? Yeah. Um, moving on from the winners. Unfortunately, not everyone can win in the draft, right? You know, there's some people that are going to miss and whiff left and right. Uh, Marquise, who did you have for your biggest loser in the draft this year? I don't think this team that I picked is the biggest loser. I just think they lost with this pick. The Cardinals take took uh, Zavian Collins. He's a gadget player, but they have yep. Isaiah Simmons, who is already a, right a gadget player, who they didn't play in the beginning of the season because the defensive coordinator didn't know how to really use Isaiah Simmons. Yep. And Zavian Collins can get to the quarterback a little bit more, you know, on yep. the line. So maybe that was where you will put him, but you have J.J. Watt with Chandler Jones, so 
Yep. You probably won't even touch the field if that's where you're thinking about putting them. Unless exactly. those two people are injured. I, I just gotta, don't get it. Or what, what are you about to say? No, no, you keep going. I don't get it from the standpoint of having two gadget players that are identical. It's just Simmons plays – he played linebacker in college, but you put him at safety because he could, he could go. And now you're going to have Xavier Collins who played linebacker, but you could, you're going to put him on the end, or what are you going to do with him? Like, it doesn't make sense to have two gadget players that essentially could do the same thing. And Simmons is a better specimen because he's faster. He's 40 yep. times better. He's impactful on defense. You saw towards the end of the year – Collins yeah. is a little bit – he runs a 4-6, they clock. Yeah. Like, I don't know how this going to My happen. only question with that is, and over the last couple of years, they've seen the loss of Tyron Matthew. Do you think that maybe that had something to do with the play-in with that pick? Because, like you said, you know, Simmons is more of a true safety as, uh, as opposed um, – so that's the only thing I can think of. I agree with you. I, it's weird for that pick, but the only thing I can think of in terms of why they may have gone that way is – as soon as they lost Tyron Matthew and they've seen as sorry as that Kansas city defense is the one, like, you know, gold spot is like Tyron Matthew. You, the fact that you can put him anywhere on the field. Do you think maybe that's why they made a gone with that pick? Uh, I think the honey badgers are rare breed. He's flashing yeah. back to like, you know, Oh, I'm not saying Simmons is him. Oh I'm No, no, not a, but how you flash back to like the Ed Reed yeah. type of safeties and all those, I think they just – they wished on that, but they didn't know because, you know, he had a lot of – he had off-field issues too at the time. Obviously, yeah. He had got arrested. Yeah. So, I don't think they look back on it and they're like, oh, like we, we missed out on this. I think it was a smart move for them. And yep. I think it was smart for him, you know, because then he went to the Texans and then he ended up on the Chiefs. So, yep. I don't think they whiffed. I think they're just looking for if they can find a player like that. But they have yeah. uh, Baker, Buda Baker. So, it's like – Yep. You have Buda Baker. You don't need nobody to do what Buda, ba- Buda Baker's already all over the field. You already seen yep. him. You got ball hawked mm-hmm. by uh, DK Metcalf, like chased down. So, you know, you don't need no player. Like, you already got, if you're looking for uh, Tyrone Matthew, you already got Buda Baker. So, you just need exactly. a hard hitting safety. You didn't need to get Xavier Collins. Isaiah Simmons could be the hard hitting safety. Xavier yep. Collins, I don't know where you fix I mean, the linebacker. I, I, I probably would have respected their pick more if they would have went cornerback, you know, losing. Patrick Peterson that was definitely should have won quarterback. So, I mean, going first round and getting a cornerback, I mean, you already got A.J. Green. You got, you know, Christian Kirk and obviously DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you brought in James Conner and you have. They took Randall Moore. What are they going to do? Run the short lineup of receivers? Like. I don't know. Larry Fitz ain't officially retired yet, right? So they don't know if he's coming back. All right, so yeah. I, I I get that. So let's say he plays. He's your definitive slot receiver, right? All right, but still, you got too many receivers, right? Yeah, and Christian Kurt is what? 5'7". Randall Moore is 5'9". Like, Kyle got... Murray himself is 5'7"? 5'4", <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> bro. Like, you, you, what do you – like, I don't get from the standpoint of how this man is going to see these receivers. I think he's yeah. spectacular, but, like – he needs a big target. You got DeAndre Hopkins, but DeAndre Hopkins is getting doubled every game. The if fact AJ, they didn't draft just defense, the whole draft was kind of surprising to me at the end yeah, of the they day. They needed cornerback depth. Yeah. You know, say defense as far as, you know, some depth on that end is what I thought they were going to do. But yep. I don't think they were big losers, but like that pick itself just confused me. I feel, no, no, I feel you actually, because like you said, I mean, they didn't go bad picks but the fact that they're like kind of like a few players out from being like a real contender the fact that they didn't capitalize was huge terrence who did you have as your big loser in this uh, year's draft so i'm gonna go with the steelers so love Najee harris yep you know and they drafted how you say his name Fremuth. 
the tight end. Yeah, I mean, that's how I would say it, yeah. Two, you know, two great picks, but, you know, that didn't fill the the void or the, their biggest needs at that time. I mean, they need offensive line help. But, I mean, later in the draft, they were able to pick up a center slash guard and Kendrick Green in the third, and then another offensive tackle, Dan Moore in the fourth. However, the quality the type of player that you could have got earlier in the draft at that position, you know, is drastically different. So I feel like, you know, nothing against Najee Harris, but we know he's a great running back in college. He hasn't proved himself yet in the NFL, just like the tight end. So you're going to put him back there in that same backfield that James Conner has been running in, and you can't. Bro, what that, are they getting? How many yards per rush are they getting? That's such a valid point because – Najee Harris isn't making a ton of people miss. He's like barreling over people. You know, he can make somebody miss. But I don't know, like how you said, what the Steelers are thinking because, like, that Bears defense is ready to win. That Steelers defense. And they're not. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, they had at the top at the top of their defense. I mean, and they, they were the second best graded defense last year. But at the end of the day, I mean, they're, they're a few players away. They're so top heavy, right? Like, they're start. Yeah. I mean, obviously, T.J. Watt. I mean, at the end of the day, you can't say anything about him. But they needed those gaps filled. I mean, they everyone said all last year they were the worst, what was it, 11 0 team to ever play in the NFL. Oh, terrible. So um unfortunately, unfortunately for your for your Ravens and for the Browns, they, they were about a year out. So they were able to capitalize on those games and enough said about the Bengals, right? And then outside of the divisional play, they had the easiest schedule. So I mean you, the, at the NFL level, at the end of the day, defense wins championships. You really got to capitalize. And I feel like there were a lot of smoke and mirrors when it came to their number two ranked defense. Yeah. I mean, their offensive line, I feel like, is something that they should have definitely attacked early on in this draft. I mean, you're going to feed Najee Harris, but who's going to block for Why are you yep. even getting another tight end? You got – you just paid Aaron Ebron money. Granted, All that money, yep. He drops the ball, so I, I kind of get why you would get a tight end, but – you have him when he catches the ball. He yep, is he's, impactful. Yeah, he's impactful when he's playing good. Exactly. Playing. You have him, good, yeah. Juju, and Chase Claypool. If all your other picks weren't linemen in the beginning, it would be, like you said, they went linemen after, but they should have went linemen in the beginning. In the beginning. And you should have found a way to get another quarterback. I yep. don't care and, if you would have traded. You got Dwayne Haskins, but you should have found a way to get one of them quarterbacks. Yep. If that meant trading somebody on defense – at this point, because what it's looking like is that you're going to age out with Ben. If Dwayne Haskins doesn't pick up the torch and run with it, Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to run all over you, even though they didn't draft a tackle in the first round like they should have. And then the Ravens are, are going to abuse you, and the Browns are definitely going to abuse you. I just didn't understand, like, especially already having a running back like Benny Snell. That's the same type of running back as Najee Harris. So – at the end of the day, you already have a running back that's, you know, a pretty ground and pound running back. And it just didn't, it just didn't make much sense to me. They expected them, them boys to make nothing out of something. I mean, it makes something out of nothing with yeah, the offensive line. It don't make much sense to me. I agree. And um, so for my loser, I have the Cowboys. Okay. So obviously Definitely. the Micah Parsons and the Jabril Cox picks were great. But outside of that, this was a complete whiff in the draft. The reason being is, even with Micah Parsons, so we have the character issues going in there. Jabril Cox, I think, was a good pick. But you just paid Dak all this money, and who do you have for him as weapons, okay? So you have C.D. Lamb now as your number one receiver. So, like, what do you, what what is that going to do for you? You have uh, Wait, Amari Cooper – or Amari said, Cooper, I'm sorry. Amari Cooper. got no weapons? 
They got weapons. They got they don't weapons, have weapons boy. I disagree. Listen, I disagree. Now, now hear me defense. out. Now, you think I'm crazy. And I need y'all to listen to me. So, Ezekiel Elliott is what you think in terms of weapons, okay? But where has his stock gone every single season? Okay, down. So, he's been on the downward trend. And I hate to say it because I love the running back position. But, but you got to about it, though. Their, their offensive line, where has it been – since a couple years ago. It was dominating years ago. Yeah, years ago, and now it's gone down. So that's what I mean. So when I say weapons, I'm talking about offensive talent, really is what I should say. Yeah. I, so I apologize. So offensive talent has gone down. Ezekiel Elliott teams to figure out how to, you know, figure his game out because he's not, I hate to say it, but he's not Saquon Barkley and he's not uh, Christian McCaffrey. He's not out there in the field catching with routes. He's catching in the swing and making plays happen from there. Um, Amari Cooper is a great route runner and he's a good number one talent, but CD lamb is not it. They're tight end. I can't even remember the dude's name. Let me look really quick, but they needed another tight end. And this was a deep draft for tight ends, Blake Jarwin. So you had a lot of players that you could have taken that would have been skill positions for your quarterback. that you just paid out on someone Dak Prescott, who you could argue is somewhere in that top 10, maybe top 15 range. He's someone that needs targets. And you went heavy on defense. And I love defense. But the problem is a lot of the players that you picked were kind of overrated for where you picked them at. Again, the Jabril Cox pick, I loved. And Micah Parsons, I loved. But outside of that, you didn't even pick a wide receiver until the sixth round. And uh, unfortunately, it wasn't anybody that was able to overtake some of your lack on the offense. So I know that you say they sound like they have they're, they're to me pretenders instead of contenders when it comes to offensive talent. I got yeah, so I, go I ahead, agree with that. And I actually wrote down the Cowboys as one of my losers as well. So like you said, Parsons was a great pickup, and you know, trading back, they got a third round for him. So, you know, yeah, he moved there. However, like you said, it had a questionable day too with uh DN Chauncey Goldston and cornerback yeah. Nashawn Wright. And like I said, they lucked up with Jabril, uh, Jabari Cox falling to them in the fourth round. So, yeah. I mean, that that day, too, was very questionable. And it was yeah. for, the you know, the, the the players that they selected, it was a reach for them. They could have got, you know, some better players there. But um, they definitely are. I slightly – actually, I really agree that they don't got weapons. I mean, you're right. Zeke's play has been down. If you look on Pro Football Focus, it's great. It's yeah. just plummeting. But – they their sound good in terms of weapons, their, but when you think off, about it. Their offensive line hasn't been healthy. Like Terrence said, they've been banged up or they just haven't gotten it rolling. They have more than enough weapons. They have – C.D. Lamb ain't no bum. Like, you saw when he played and Zach or – Z, or Dak got to throw him the ball, they were fine. Like, they yeah. have enough weapons. The issue is they have to tell Dak to go throw the ball damn near 40 times, and he ain't that quarterback because your defense is terrible. Now, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> He was looking really good at the beginning of last year before he got hurt. Now that defense definitely is what they need to focus on in this draft because I think they did give up the most touchdowns in franchise history. So at the end of the day, it, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. You know? Yeah. And you lose Sean Lee, one of your anchors on defense. He to, retired. To retirement. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but my thing is, I don't think the Michael Parsons pick, because, you know, he had the character issues, but like, I don't oh, know. I like that pick. I mean, I think it's a smart pick, but I almost would have traded back to not take him. Yeah. To take a – like, or trade up to take a corner and let someone else take him. Because you have uh, Jalen Smith. You have the other – you have another – Yes, you have – But he doesn't stay healthy, though. 
He's always hurt. I he's, can't, he, he's always hurt. And Jalen Smith, since you paid him, hasn't done anything. But I feel like if you bring in the right defensive coach, maybe they turn that tide around. You really need to go corner because yeah, he's Yes, you, you need to my line with well, the defensive backfield period, though, because I, I, being a Falcons fan, I can tell you, I don't know if y'all know this, but two of the bigger offseason picks for the Cowboys was DeMonte Casey and Keanu Neal, who are two huge guys. So the defensive coordinator now for the Cowboys is uh, Dan Quinn, who was our head coach for the last like five or six years. Um, they picked two guys that are always hurt. So, again, the Cowboys, the biggest problem I have with the Cowboys is, one, their fan base, two, their – they're, they sound good on paper, but Keanu Neal has played, like, I think it was a total of eight games in two seasons. And then DeMonte Casey had one good starting season when Keanu Neal went out and then was hurt all last year. So, they best, at the end of the day. Their best defensive player is Demarcus Lawrence. Who is 800 it. years old. No, nah, I think he's 28. He ain't that nah, old I mean, yet. Yeah, he's not that old yet. But he's, that is literally their best player. Hopefully, Mika Parsons comes in there and balls. But you need the corner because – Devontae Smith from uh, Alabama on the Eagles, he's going to eat you alive. The Giants are stacked on offense if yeah. that boy gets it together as a quarterback. And we know what Washington's doing. And so the football team got Curtis Samuels, who's going to fly yeah. by everybody. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to see Kadarius Tony. I'm not going to lie. Exactly. All right, Marquis. So moving on from the losers, who do you have as your uh, biggest surprise player for the draft? All right, so the biggest shock, I'm going to keep it short and sweet, was the Bengals listening to their rookie quarterback. You know how the NFL and the owners are. For some reason, they don't really listen to the quarterbacks. But as you see, the rookies and Herbert and Burrow, their owners have just listened to everything they've said. Yep. And the Bengals took Jamar Chase. I think yep. Jamar Chase is going to be exceptional. LSU produces extreme talent. You know, they've had Javaris Landry. They've had Odell Beckham. They are going to – Justin Jefferson, they're going to produce. These receivers are going to do great. Yep. But you need to protect Joe Burrow. You got uh, Riley from Minnesota. I think he was a right tackle. You picked him up. But at the end of the day, you should have went with the best tackle available and snagged him off the board to help Burrow because, like I said, the uh, Steelers' defense is insane. Yep. Unless you're about to run a bunch of screens to Jamar <laughs> Chase. Joe Burrow ain't going to have that much time to throw that ball. Yep. So, between that – I don't, you know, I, I think it's a good, it's a good pickup. It just wasn't the smartest pick for me to, for them. I agree. As, as much as I disagreed with the pick, I mean, you got the best wide receiver in my opinion available in the draft, but still, no, I agree hundred percent. What do you think about that pick Terrence? Yeah. I mean, definitely a big surprise, but at the end of the day, I feel like Joe Burrow was able to have a lot of success last year. So adding another weapon, you know, losing AJ green and adding someone who, you know, a young body, somebody who's athletically gifted. So, I mean, I feel like it's a he's, he's going to be a big impact, but they're definitely going to have to tighten up the O-line. Though, I sure. feel bad for T. Higgins because I feel like he's going to fade off, and I was actually really excited to see how he develops because between Tyler Boyd – or, yeah, they have Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, now you're going to add Jamar Chase with T. Higgins. Like, you know, like I really want I mean, to see him develop. I think it's good, honestly. I think no, yeah, it is. It is. Some of the pressure off of him for sure. I, I think I think he'll do exceptionally well. Tyler Boyd, um, since he emerged as a you know balling. target for them, balling. So I feel like having weapons all over the field is definitely going to you know benefit everyone as a whole. So that's my questions for you, Terrence. Is mm-hmm. uh, you know, with what you said, like you said, Higgins and Boyd, or so Higgins is someone you want to see develop. Boyd is someone that's been balling. You got Mixon in the backfield. 
the question wasn't really weapons then. The question was protection because, you know, like you said, I'm, and I agree 100%, you know, Burrow was able to ball out while he was on the field. It was only 10 games this year because of what? Protection. He wasn't able to be protected. He was hit more than any quarterback in the NFL, pressured more than yeah. any quarterback in the NFL. And that's with throwing – their offense is clearly going to be pass heavy. You know, I think he averaged like 38 passes a game, yeah, he threw the ball which was lot. second most behind uh, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, so if you're going to have an offense predicated on throwing the football, which I think should be the way with uh, uh, an ascending talent like Joe Burrow, at yeah. the end of the day, he's not going to lose a, a lot of athleticism because he's still young, but he's coming off an ACL injury. I mean, he's going to lose a little bit. So oh, the Penny sure. Sewell pick was – I'm, I voiced my opinion. That was the lock. I mean, I said during the draft when we were doing our live text to each other, I said, if they don't pick Penny Sewell, that was an idiotic pick. The one thing I will say, though, is um, I was at a bar with one of my boys. He's an Eagles fan. There's some guys next to us that were some big Falcons fans, um, and they're big college football fans, period. And they were saying, you know, if they were going to take anybody, Jamar Chase was, was the pick. So I will mm-hmm. say it wasn't the worst option because, you know, obviously chemistry's there. They clearly mess with each other heavy uh, between Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Uh, mm-hmm. So chemistry between the uh, front office and the wide receiver and quarterback is going to be huge because if they were able to look at Joe Burrow and say, who do you want? We've seen the disaster that's happened in Green Bay. It's not worst case scenario, right? Um, Terrence, who is your surprise pick? So for me, I'm going with Denver picking Patrick Sertain. Ooh, okay. For me – they were a team that were was heavy in the quarterback hunt. So yep. not having to necessarily trade up to pick a guy that fell right in their lap. So, you know, Justin Fields fell right to them. And, you know, aside from what everyone's thinking, because, you know, they're not so 100% sure on Teddy Bridgewater, although they just traded for him, didn't give up, you know, nothing ridiculous for him. Um, and Drew Locke, they're not necessarily set to say, oh, yeah, he's our guy. So being able to drive someone who could necessarily potentially change your, you know, whole organization um, and it's, just. It's going to be scary. I mean, Patrick Sartain, he's a great pick. They need a corner, I understand, but I figured they were going quarterback. You got Patrick Sartain with Kendall or Kyle Fuller, the brother. Good luck, because that's, that's going to be tough to get the ball by them. <laughs> and you yep. got the safety. Good luck. Von Miller coming back healthy. I'll, they probably – the only defense that's probably better than that defense is the Chargers defense, if it's healthy. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think – the Browns better than them, too. Right? No, I'm saying in their division. Oh, in their division. Okay. They got the Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders. Yeah. You know, them going against, like, those defenses, it's just between them and the Chargers. You know how the Chiefs defense is. Yeah, the Raiders. John Gruden just. We're not even worried about the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. destroying the organization. (laughs) Yep, I like that. I like that. I like that. Uh, so I agree with you 100. Um, so my surprise pick. This is going a little different route. It's not that he didn't deserve the pick. It's because of all the talk that we heard. So I went with Trey Lance to the uh the San Francisco 49ers. Not not again. Not because of that. (laughs) So the reason why I said him is just because what did we hear all week? You know, Kyle Shanahan loves Mac Jones. The The San Francisco 49ers are so high on Mac Jones. And Justin I'll – Yeah, Justin Fields. The third pick – the third option, which was – which I guess this really shows how much these guys really know, right, was mm-hmm. Trey Lance. 
Um, so I actually, I, my surprise isn't that it didn't make sense. It's more so that it was You're shocked it happened. I'm shocked it happened because yeah. if I told you, Marquise, uh, I wanted Kyle Pitts to go to the Falcons, but if they were going to draft a quarterback, I wanted Trey Lance because outside of Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance was my favorite quarterback in the draft. So I love that. I actually love that pick. I think they got the right guy um, because if you want to talk about people who are ready to play right now, that San Francisco team, even though they, uh, you know, they had to trade up to that third pick through the Dolphins, they're ready to win. They just need that catalyst to get them there. And maybe not this year Trey Lance can do it, but he provides an athleticism that Jimmy Garoppolo does not. And he's got a bigger arm for deeper throws with the talent that they have, you know, like with Kittle. And then obviously having a backfield and a schemer that, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan is, you know, he was mm -hmm. able to take noodle arm Matt Ryan and get him to the Super Bowl. So um, I think he's going to be able to do some big things with the uh, yeah. San Francisco 49ers. I like that. I like the Niners. That. The Niners want their get back, bro. I'm like, you know, they lost in the Super Bowl off that throw. I don't know if the manager Sanders stopped running because to me, Jimmy put it where it had to be. I, yeah. I don't know if he slowed down a little bit on the way, but they they were unhealthy last year. Bosa was yep. out. They just got rattled with injuries. And then they like people, fans wanted Jimmy G to make something happen with yep. no weapons. Like it's not going to yep. happen. So I think the fact that they're coming back healthy, I think Jimmy G is extremely confident. You know, to me, the Niners, other than getting Trey Lance, they probably just need a number one receiver somewhere to go with Debo Samuels. Yeah, 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 absolutely. They get that, boy, them boys are a lot. And they're talking yeah. about possibly bringing back Richard Sherman on, you know, maybe a team-friendly deal because they want to bring him back. He did get cooked last year, so I don't know, you know, how, but he is a smart player, and he's going to catch the ball if a quarterback tries to throw at him. Like, yep. you know, unless your receiver burns him, oh, yeah, for sure. your receiver don't get by and you you try to test Richard Sherman, I'm betting on Richard Sherman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 100% uh, of the time on this. Nine out of, I'll say nine out of time. I'll say 100. But, yeah, yeah no, I agree 100%. Um, so, Terrence, you know, moving on to the next topic, uh, you know, who of all the rookies, you know, the biggest thing is people are going to have to get plugged in. Some people, regardless if they're ready or not, are going to be put into a starting role because that's what the team needs. Sure. What rookie do you think will have the biggest impact this season? So I don't know if either one of y'all might have got this one. Honestly, I'm going with your team, Keith. So I'm going with the Ravens. And the player that I chose is Rashad Bateman. Mm. I'm hype, boy. Look at it. <laughs> the Ravens had the fewest receiving yards from receivers last season. He's going to come in, a sure-handed guy, Great route runner. Yep. And Lamar being the X factor he is, you know, he's going to be happy to get a guy that yep. he knew I can. That was an underrated pick, yeah. A security blanket. Yep. I mean, a guy that I know I can trust, I can go to at any time in the game. So yep. I feel like Rashad Bateman is definitely going to be a very big impact player his, in his in his rookie season. For sure. Marquise, I'm going to let you talk on that one because I know that's your squad. Uh, <laughs> boy, I'm geeked. I just you – know, <laughs> Hey, I was geeked because I was shocked he fell that far. But the real yeah. thing to me is we don't really develop receiver talent that well. You know, Miles Boykin didn't pan out for us from Notre Dame. Yep. I just hope it doesn't turn into something like that. I don't think it will. He's a little bit faster, better hands. I just – I hope it works out, you know, because the, the window's closing, you know. So that's what that's my thought process. I agree. I mean, and anything that you can get for Lamar Jackson to throw to at this point, as long as it's not an overrated pick, which that was one of the biggest underrated picks for steal. me. Um, that was a steal in the draft. Uh, I, I agree with you, Terrence. That was a great pickup. And honestly, I didn't. That's someone I didn't think about as impact, but I think you might be right. If 
any type of injuries happen to the uh, Ravens. And he ends up, you know, really shining in that offense. And not saying an injury has to happen. He can do it as a position. But, oh, yeah. boy. He's um, probably starting. Let's not count. I'll, I'll, <laughs> no, no, he probably he's is. Probably he's probably a day one starter right now. I'm not saying he's wide receiver one. But if he gets put in that position <sighs> and hey, they start. They I'll let you know. He wide receiver number one. If, if he knows the plays, he's playing. Over what? If, if he, bro, if he knows the plays, he's playing. Hollywood going to be receiver number two and dog people because he's going to get the other corner. The speed. My problem isn't with Hollywood Brown, his route running and speed. He has some of the most unreliable hands in football, yeah. and that pisses <laughs> me off. Dude, I hate it for you, Marquise. But at the end of the day, he's Tyreek Hill minus hands. He's running around with nubs, bro. You know what's crazy? My man does do that, but somehow in the playoffs, this man shine. He makes big plays. It's crazy, bro. It's It's crazy (laughs) because the fear you put in defense is what his. And he'll drop the ball, but still just destroy people all the time. That's the crazy thing. And then he'll make a crazy catch in his life. Make up for it. Yeah, you forget about it. That (laughs) one handed that he had against, I think it was the Titans between two people. He just cuffed it. After two drops, after two (laughs) big drops. Bro, hey, I live it. But, you know, to That's me, stressful. he gets – oh, we try to do so much with him, but he really is a number two or number three option. He's not like – nobody expects this five, eight, five, nine receiver slide through the middle, take these hits. He's not Steve Smith, like, and he yeah. ain't that big. I'm not expecting – bro, people get mad when he slides mm-hmm. out of bounds or he runs – bro. I don't care about that. That's he not- weigh a buck seven. Go out of bounds, all bro. I, <laughs> all I care about is the catchable balls. Pull him in. That's all I care about in terms of a wide receiver. And and Lamar Jackson gets enough shit from the racists and everybody, so he needs all the help that he can get. Um, so Marquise, who's your surprise or not surprise? Who's your uh, pick that will be having the most impact this season? Biggest impact is uh, my cousin, big Florida fan. You know, I got to go Darius Tony. Ooh, you got to yeah. think this man is about to have so much open field in front of him. He got Saquon Barkley running back. He's gonna go off. Kenny Galloway, if he's healthy, he got Sterling Shepard, he got Evan Ingram, he got Kevin Rudolph, who I feel like is going to ball because he got tired of Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. <laughs> he got, bro, this man is going to have such a, a one-on-one matchup or just running screen plays for him. And then he's going to probably return kicks for him. So he's just going to have a field day. I don't yeah, think, dynamic. Bro, he's so dynamic. I can't wait to see it. Like, if yeah. old boy Daniel Jones even slightly puts it together, dynamic. Perfect. No, I agree with you a thousand percent. I mean, he he's one of those players that fell into the perfect position, right? Because you've got a ton of talent around there. Now they're they're trying to figure it out still, but there there's a lot of talent there. So as long as he just does what he needs to do, he'll be he'll be able to have a ton of opportunity to produce for that offense. For sure, for sure. Who you got? Oh, who I got? All right. So y'all are gonna laugh at me because of what I said last week. Um, but I actually got Devontae Smith. So I think he fell into the perfect situation, all right? So you got a quarterback battle at, at the uh-huh. start of this draft, um, you know, between Jalen Hurts and uh, Joe Flacco, your boy. They got no you ring. quarterback battle, um, bro. Fire <laughs> that coach, bro. I'm, I'm just saying how it's about to go down. So with someone like Devontae Smith, as small as he is, he's going to be given a ton of opportunities with a piss-poor wide receiver core that the Eagles have. Probably the only one that's worse. I hate to say it, but the only one worse than probably your boys. Um, he's going to be put, talk about someone who's immediately going to be put into, uh, to wide receiver one spot. He's going to step in and he's going to look around like, all right, so who do I need to watch? They'll be like, bro, we're watching you. So, um, I think that Jalen Hurts is going to be looking for a receiver that he can get to on a night in night in basis. And what I look for in terms of like 
stepping into a role, it's route running. And I don't think there's anybody, even over Jamar Chase, as much as his body is more ready for the NFL, no one else is route runner ready as Devontae Smith. Reliable hands. That release get the is ball. lethal. Release is drop. ridiculous. He don't drop nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, so in terms of what you need for a team, as much as I said, I thought Jamar Chase was so much higher than Devontae Smith. I think Devontae Smith got put into the perfect situation to shine because that Eagles offense is desperate for a receiver. I mean, a couple of years ago, Nelson Aguilar was your best receiver and couldn't catch shit. I mean, at the end of the day. So hopefully that'll give Jalen Hurst something to throw to and uh, really give him that help that he needs yeah, to shine they, on that offense. They have been a team that has whiffed on several drafts with receivers as well, like RC Whiteside yeah. and – Bro, they could have took they could have cut DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson and AJ. They got Fogum. I mean, they 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 they, they have whiffed on drafting. And I feel like Devontae Smith has big playability, you know, every time he touches the ball. And yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, he, he might be a little small, but we have got, you know, we're playing, they're playing football. They're not out there being bodybuilders, like you said. Bodybuilding. Yep. Playing football, it's something he's and, his whole life at the highest level. He played, in the yeah. SEC. You want a Heisman? You want a Heisman playing in the SEC? What All else right? you got to prove? What else yeah. you got to prove? Come on. So man. I'll say, and this is the other thing. I know he's one seventy five right now. They say by the time the season starts, he'll be one eighty five, one ninety, and then by the time his second season hits, hopefully he's two hundred pounds. And at that point, it won't the weight won't matter anymore, right? So. I think he'll be a good pick, and he's got all the intangibles, right? He's got everything else you want, route running, speed, hands, and as short as he is, he's able to get up. So um, I think I think he'll be good. Yeah, he, um, he just got to know how to take a hit. I mean – Exactly. Or, or do the or do the uh, Hollywood Brown thing, get out of bounds. He doesn't have to take hits. I mean, exactly. he's not going to be in the slot. Slide. Don't be afraid. If I was the Eagles exactly. coaching staff, I'd tell him, don't worry about being the yeah. big man on the field. Get down and get us catches. Exactly. First down, possession. No more yet. Get on the yeah. ground. I mean, yep. why take the hit when you don't have to? Exactly. Um, you know, moving on, obviously the biggest news this week was the draft. But outside of that, there's been a lot of drama going on with some of the biggest players in the NFL. Um, most notably was Aaron Rodgers. So obviously he's pissed off. You know, 10 years you've had one offensive player drafted and that person is your hopeful replacement. Uh, they've gotten you zero help. Obviously, Devontae Adams has developed into the guy that you need for your team. But he's not happy. Um, so I just want you all to s- sit back and, and think for me. You know, Marquise, what do you think about the whole situation that's going on with uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Do you think he'll stay with the team? Do you think he'll end up somewhere else? Or do you think he'll retire? I got a whole Aaron Rodgers, defending Aaron Rodgers list going on over here. He need, about. he need to leave, bro. Period. If, if, if you don't trade me, I'm retiring. At the end of the day, you trade me or I'm retiring. It's cut, cut real dry. That's it. Trade me or I'm retiring. Like, what do you think, Terrence? That's, that's the only thing I'm saying. Okay. No, I, li- I like your style. No, and I agree with you because this is the this the thing that I think about is someone as sorry as uh, Carson Palmer was able to do the same thing. Uh, so, no, no, I agree with you 100%. Terrence, what do you have to say? I actually think I mean, Farmer's okay. I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> I mean, I'll always day, hurt. In this day and age, I feel like players do have a lot more power. And yeah. with, you know, Aaron Rodgers' magnitude, I mean, you're going to have some team that's going to throw the book at you. But yeah, day, I feel like I can agree with what Keith's saying. I mean, they, they clearly don't respect this man. And, I mean, it, it's been proven numerous times, um, even last year as well. It was issues last year. So, I mean, this is obviously the 
the relationship is broken. And Where's it, he go though? Like where is it? It doesn't it doesn't seem like it's fixable at this point. It's not all right. All right so Marquise, you asked the question tense. Who do you think would be the best place or best fit for Aaron Rodgers? Where do you think he'll end up? So I'm gonna throw a wild card out there because this is like a place that will be like the dream. Okay. So just think about this. Let it marinate in your seat. You don't say the Patriots. <laughs> so if you say the Patriots, I'm signing off. Yeah, no, it's not the Patriots. Off. All right. <laughs> Listen, I give up whatever they want the next five, ten drafts for Aaron Rodgers. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go if he could go get somehow to the Saints. That team I, is ready to win a championship, and they've been ready to win for years. Think about it. last year, you know, Emmanuel Sanders. Defense has always been top tier. So yep. think about going there. Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. I, I, Smith. I, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. And the other thing is, I don't know how cap space works for it. But in terms of, I don't know if y'all know this. Cap space hell right now. But, but <laughs> the number one the number one rated pro football uh, roster was actually the Saints. So if you're talking about just capital in terms of players, not draft picks, but players, yeah. the, the Saints got enough to give up and still be a great team. And, I mean, you plug in Aaron Rodgers anywhere, they're going to be a great team. How about you, Marquise? Oh, going to be a contender. Right? Obviously, you, you said, you know, retirement or get traded. If he's going to get traded, let's exclude retirement. Who do you think would be a good pick for him? Uh, he's from out West. So, yep. you know, I think he wants to get back towards home. He named the teams he wanted to go to. It was like Niners, Raiders, or the Broncos. Yep. I think yeah. probably the Niners seem like they're going to keep Jimmy G. Like, you know, the locker room likes him. And develop Trey Lance him. now. Develop yeah. Trey Lance. Yeah, like, I think they keep him this year. But I don't think uh, yeah. fast this year. I think if you, you know, if the locker room didn't take the Jimmy G so well, oh, send Jimmy G and, and something else and whatever picks and bring in Aaron to help Trey. And that would be yep insane but yep. if you can't go there i'm gonna say something crazy i'm gonna look out for will even though he's not here on the football team what okay i know i know it ain't out west you know the broncos ain't gonna give up what i mean the that Packers think they'll nice, get. and they have weapons the not or the football team can give up weapons a lot of assets yeah. yeah the broncos they ain't gonna trade jerry judy I, people need to get this out of their mind there's no way they're gonna trade jerry judy and then and take a quarterback pick, yeah and then go get aaron Rodgers at yeah. 38 Bro, nope. they're going to have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Tim Patrick. I'm not trading Jerry Judy. He, bro, you want to talk about sweet feet like Chad Johnson at route running? Bro, I'm not trading yeah, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's my nice. get out of here. So, yep. the football team probably got the most offer, but I don't see the Packers trading them in the NFC. So, then we run into that whole dilemma. Yeah. So, uh, my pick is the Broncos. I mean, it's the obvious pick, right? You know, obviously, John Elway loves uh, Aaron Rodgers. In terms of what makes the most sense and uh, what people have been saying in terms of rumors and everything, the Broncos are the easiest one. So I'll take the layup here. Um, I, I say it'll probably end up being the Broncos. The reason why, well, if I have to pick my most likely, it's retirement for a year. And then the Packers say we might might as well get something out of it. Um, but as of right now, I'll take the Broncos because they do have a decent amount in defensive liquidity to give to the Packers. Because, I mean, the, the Packers don't need anything offensive other than a quarterback. Take the risk on either your pick to replace Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, or Drew Locke, the the they're the one that they're banking on in Denver. You know, um, you, you got two options. You know, put your money where your mouth is. Aaron Rodgers hates that GM, so if if he's not going to put his money where the, where his mouth is with with uh, Jordan Love, you might as well uh, you know kick him out and keep Aaron Rodgers. 
So what it sounds like with most of the drama, it's between Aaron and the GM. So if we're going to trade him anywhere, I think the Broncos will probably be the pick. It just makes the most sense for what Aaron wants and what the Packers can get in return. Can I go um, on this uh, Aaron Rodgers defense spill I got going? I'll, I'll let you go. So I'll, I'll, I'll say, so my next thing was with the Terry Bradshaw, uh, you know, I don't know if you heard what he had to say that Aaron's being a little baby about it. Uh, Diva. So what do you have to say, Marquise? Bro, I got the ultimate Aaron Rodgers. That's BS, bro. Pointed out. I agree. I think, all right, so we're all in agreement. That's BS, but go ahead, Marquise. So this man, his PF grade has been above a 75 from 08 to 2000, like last season. It has not fell out of being amongst the top 10 only one time, and he was 11. So, all right, he's a top, play, top quarterback every time. People bring up how he's one and four in the NFC championship games. All right. I'll give you the Bucks loss last year. I'll put that one on him. So that is definitely his fault. Loss to the Seahawks. They lost 28 to 22. They went in OT. He threw two interceptions. Defense gave up 21 points. What is he going to do when your defense gives up 21 points? It gets even better against Atlanta. It wasn't even a game. It was 44 to 21. You know, Nick, y'all lost. Terribly to the get out of here. We're not, we're not talking about that. We're talking <laughs> we're, about the Packers. Yeah, we're not do talking, that. About, we're talking that. about the Packers. His rating was a 91.6 in that yep. game. I don't know what you expect him to do. He threw the ball, did great, right? So then you go against the Niners. He threw two interceptions, and one was in the second, one was in the fourth. The defense gave up 20 points in the second quarter. Jimmy G only threw the ball eight times. Raheem Moisture put up 220 <laughs> yards. Tell me again how this loss is Aaron Rodgers' fault. <laughs> What is he going to do? Go throw the ball and tackle everybody? I, I, I hate to be I hate to be the biggest nut hugger, but like I don't even think the Bucks one was because the the Kelly King uh halftime Kevin debacle. King. I mean, I hate to say it, bro, but given Scotty Miller cuz it was a 4-point game. So you take that touchdown out of it, the Green Bay Packers win that game. Now, obviously at the end of the game, the big debate is should they have gone for it on fourth down or if Aaron Rodgers runs for it on third down, do they get that touchdown? But, yeah, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you can almost chalk up every loss. And I hate to be that dude that's just giving excuses, but you could give every loss to coaching or defense. That, but what do you have to say, Terrence? Potentially, yeah. I mean, definitely. Like, I, I agree with both of y'all. And I just think to the Terry Bradshaw thing, I think it's just BS. Because at the end of the day, you know, whenever the player tries to demand something or, you know, whatever the case might be, oh, you're being a baby, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the team, the organization as a whole, Oh, we can cut you. We can, oh, make you do this, fine you, take away money. They find people for socks. We can do whatever to you, but as soon as you can't do anything to us, right? It's just ridiculous. But the whole Aaron Rodgers debacle, man, is they you know what's crazy? Green Bay brought back Kevin King. Like, bro, you mean to tell me I know every NFL player watches film. <laughs> this is the fastest man on the Bucks roster. Bro, and you lined up 10 yards off him. Mind you, they still let him burn you. There was no safety help. Like, Kevin King was on that island, and you lined up 10 yards off of your safety was in the middle of the field. You didn't even think to, oh, I watched the film. Every time since the Bucks, since, like, week, like, 14, if they get the ball back before half. They're scoring. They're, bro, they're they're being aggressive. Yeah. If they don't yeah. score, they're taking the shot. Yeah. This man lined up 10 yards off of him just to get blown by because Scotty Miller picked up a head of steam. And you just – that's a terrible play. So, like, he shouldn't even be on the roster, first of all. Like, I agree. I, I, I'm sorry. He he did it the whole season. I just gave you all the stats of how Rodgers didn't play bad. You guys gave him the pass for last year. I'm not giving him the pass last year against – this year against the Bucks because him and Devontae Adams missed. 
he could have he could have ran the ball at the end, got some yards. I'm not saying he even gets an end zone. He could have just ran, got a couple yards, and slid. And then, Yo, then you have a fourth down situation. Yeah, you got a fourth down and Devontae Adams against those corners. I'm taking Devontae Adams or Robert Tanya against those corners every day, every day. Ten out of ten. And, yeah, ten out and of ten. no, no, and and the bigger thing is this: is at the end of the day, regardless how you look at it, it's both. And I'll blame Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur for this. So Aaron runs it for. I'll blame it more on Aaron Rodgers at the end of the game because if he runs it, let's say he gets down to like the three or four yard line, you know, like you said, Marquise. You got the best quarterback, in my opinion, best quarterback in the game in a situation where they cannot blitz. That was what the uh, the the Bucks' biggest you know strength was on defense was the blitz. You now got them in a weak situation because Alan Lazard, underrated receiver, um, Devon, game too. he did, but he's one of the most underrated receivers. Robert Tanyan, probably the most underrated tight end, and then you got Devonte Adams, arguably the best receiver last year. You're gonna put each other. You're gonna put them into a, a much bigger um, position to win. And then, as much as I hate on Tom Brady, Terrence, I'll give this to you. When when it comes to crunch time and having to win games, I mean, giving him the ball back with a lead like that was a terrible decision, bro. And the Definitely. even worse thing is, Definitely. Brady threw that game away for you to take it from him. Three picks. So he three picks. He throws three picks. I'm really mad that Rodgers didn't just put his foot down and say, we're going for it and just kept the offense on and just been like, I'm going to wing it, bro. Cause I've seen Lamar Jackson look at John Harbaugh. be like, no, no, no. And send Justin Shucker, <laughs> who's the best kicker in football in football ever, <laughs> arguably. And he goes, no, like he's not kicking this field goal and we're going for it. We've seen so, a lot of quarterback. Tom Brady's done it. Peyton Manning was the king of it. If y'all remember back in the day, Peyton Manning would look at Tony Dungy like he's crazy for even thinking about sending him back. And they had Banderjat, who's one of the best kickers of all time. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the other big one, you know, obviously uh, outside of Aaron Rodgers is Julio Jones. So going into June uh, 1st, uh, the biggest thing with the Falcons is cap space. So by getting rid of, of Julio Jones, as much as I love him, I'd love to keep him. Uh, I hope we don't get rid of him. I'll, I'll be honest, because I don't know what we can get for him. Um, the bigger thing that we're worried about as a franchise is creating cap space. So by June 1st, we'll save, I think it's $17 million in cap space by getting rid of Julio Jones. Um, Marquise, I'll start with you on this. Who do you think would be a good suitor? for the Julio Jones trade and in terms of – and a two-way trade. So, you know, both the Falcons win and the recipient wins with getting Julio Jones. So, for me, like, you know, the Rodgers trade, Rodgers is at the hill, and, you know, he could probably go up another year, but then after that, he's going down. Yeah. The, with Julio, bro, he's still in his prime. 32, like, yep. He already did in eight games. So, you can probably get a second-round pick for him or yep. at least one first. Yep. If, uh, that team, like I said, the Niners, you know, if you can get Julio with Debo Samuels, that makes that's perfect. You know, Niners, I don't think the Ravens invest into it, you know, at this point. I, I mean, they should. If you could, you should. Niners, maybe the Ravens, uh, honestly, the Pats, probably. Those would probably be his three best. But your yeah. your biggest pick is the Niners? Oh yeah, the Niners need okay. to hit the the call button right now. Okay, and you know, already went all in on Kellen You better go yep. all in to get Julio. Okay, and imagine Julio with George Kittle. Now, I agree. Say Debo Samuel, Julio and George Kittle. Oh, good luck. And okay. you got Raheem Morrison. Yeah, and then and then giving again giving your rookie because obviously obviously I know Jimmy will probably be the starting quarterback to start the year, but they're looking to move yeah. on to Trey Lance. Like Jimmy, um, Jimmy probably start the whole year, and then say if you bring in Julio, he plays for three more years. Trey Lance is gonna get to throw the ball to Julio, and, and worst right, worst Kittle. 
Worst case scenario, by the time Trey Lance starts, that's Larry Fitzgerald for Kyler Murray, right? Um, for sure. All right, so Terrence, who do you think would be a good pickup for uh, Julio Jones to go to and then also receive for the other team? Yeah, so I feel like Keith brought it up, and I'm going his team again. I mean – The Ravens, right? Fewest receiving yards from receivers last season. So – That'd be the only reason, old boy, it goes to receiver number two or three is if we get Julio. Julio Julio could be the piece that you're missing to put you over that edge that you've been trying to get over, get get you through the hump. So at the end of the day, I feel like if they were to add Julio Jones, I mean, that offense automatically takes them. Comes back to the top, one of the top offenses in the league. It's always premier. So when we we get look at this offense now, they're premier. They're, you know, they're, you know, we, we, we're here, but if you get Julio Jones, now you're here. So you've hit that next echelon. Yep. I agree. It makes sense for them to get Julio Jones. Like there's no other reason for you to not try to go all in. Yeah. Marquise, I'm surprised that wasn't your pick. I know the 49ers pick is uh, definitely a big one, but why did you not go uh, Baltimore? So I'm not, I'm not like the oblivious Baltimore fan. Like I okay. just shoot prayers <laughs> in, the, in the sky and just hope they come back. I okay. know, like, realistically, I've seen it with this team, like, what will logically happen, what might not happen. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the Julio thing is a stretch because they just brought in uh, the right tackle, Alejandro Villanueva from the Steelers. They paid yep. him, so that's the less money there. If I'm the Falcons, you know, if if I'm the Falcons, if you don't give me a, a defensive player, I'm definitely getting a number two pick and probably, like, your fourth. And yeah. we have ample fourth-round picks to give up because all these comp picks – I just – I don't think they'll do it. I don't want to get my hopes up that they'll do it. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, before I start, you know, getting ready to get this Julio jersey because I think they're going to do it. Yeah. I just – I think at this point it's, it's – we're just wishing that it happens. If it did, it'd be electric. I could see the – I I can see the Falcons doing it from the standpoint because they get stuff back from the Ravens. That I was about to say because defensive players is what we could get back. And at re- Elizabeth's Marcus Peters, we could get relatively cheap defensive pieces from the Ravens. I ain't giving you none of them corners, bro. If I'm, I'm just letting Ravens, you know that's what we're going for. They, they got, they got the best not. DBs in that division, like, in the – that we have. I'll give you Calais Campbell. You well, we're take, not going to take old Calais Campbell, bro. Get out of here. Y'all better not um, give up any DBs. Exactly. So the way I see it, Julio's older, that you can control not giving up a DB or any young players because he's older. You can yeah. be like, hey, we'll give you these picks because we're going to have to eat some of the salary anyway. Okay. So I'd give you a second-round pick, maybe a third, and then probably a fifth or just one of our many fours. All right, so y'all y'all hit my two picks in Baltimore and San Francisco and San Francisco San Francisco 49ers. So I'll throw a wild card out there, and this is going to be way off the wall. Dev, I'll give this like a eight percent chance of happening. If you're saying the Colts, it's, it's not that wild. I, no, no, I'm not saying the Colts. So what I was going to say is literally just to keep our other topic in place is uh, the Green Bay Packers. So I heard a little bit of chirping about it. So obviously, Aaron's biggest complaint has been. You have brought in nothing for me. Obviously, the Tanyan pick turned out obvious. Oh, actually, the Tanyan pick, I don't know if y'all know this, didn't even really turn out. He was the third string tight end, was able to come in because of injuries, and then just ended up playing out. And then Devontae yeah. did get developed. If you bring in the capital is there because you have cheap backup receivers. So I talked about Alan Lazard being one of the most underrated receivers in the league. You can kind of trade Julio and some picks for that get Julio for the win now because you're obviously not thinking deep future with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback being 38 years old. 
Um, you get Aaron Rodgers that help that he needs. You're able to give back draft capital and then a short-term help in terms of receivers. Move Calvin to that number one receiver slot that he's cl- clearly ready for. The Matt Ryan thing, I'm not happy about it, but at the end of the day, I don't think there's a better option for us anymore. Um, I, I think that one kind of works out as a last uh, resort. I think, uh, you know, Atlanta would – I think Atlanta would try the Packers and and say send us Jordan Love. I don't think you get Julio without sending them Jordan Love, and I think the Packers probably have their foot down on sending Jordan Love because they traded up to get him. I don't think they would do it just for Aaron because they haven't done anything for Aaron. <laughs> I would yep. totally do it, but I don't think they'll do it, which is crazy, but I would do it. I'll be honest with you. The reason why the only pushback I have on that is I truly, I truly, truly do not think the Packers are that sold out on uh, Jordan Love, nor do I think the Falcons are. So I don't think that would be a, and, and I'm not on, uh, yeah, I'm know. not, I'm not in the front staff for either team, but um, I, I really don't think that that'll be a make or break for either situation, but let's say it is for the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, we just signed, um, dang, what's his name? AJ McAaron. Who's a decent backup? So let's yeah, say if, so if if you're if you're thinking backup or short term fix, mm-hmm. there's going to be a couple quarterbacks that come out in the draft over the next couple of years. That let's be honest, the one of the, the reason why the Jordan Love pick was so bad was because it wasn't even like a it was first rounder and it wasn't a Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson got picked at the end of the draft. I don't think even the biggest haters would have said Jordan Love was on Lamar Jackson's level. You know what I mean? So. At the end of the day, I, I really don't – I cannot see a situation unless that GM just hates Aaron Rodgers that much yeah. where where that's a, a make or break. You know what I mean? Last, they, got, they got some beef going on or something. My last I don't know what it part is. is somebody who has been acquiring a lot of draft capital, a lot of picks, made a lot of smart moves, and, well, maybe a, a bit of a stretch maybe, but I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Just think about – the two situation offer. They got picks. They got um, Devontae Parker. You're saying yep. for for the Falcons to take yeah. Julio? for Julio. Oh, okay, for Julio. Would you give up Will Fuller though? Because you got to think like this is the only weird or Waddle. Yeah, so they you either got to give up you know, Waddle, I mean, Parker, Fuller. I give up Parker. Like that. I give oh. up Parker and some picks. I don't know. Parker's like they're like. I think I, the only one that makes sense to give up is Fuller at that point because you just brought in Jalen Waddle and Parker's your number one, so I don't you, know about you all just, that. You just paid Fuller. I mean, but we know what Julio can do. I think Julio, like, you got a point because they had the capital to do it, but if I was the Colts, Colts. Colts is a good one. I didn't even one think about receiver, that. And they could buy in. Granted, you know, they're saving their money mm-hmm. to pay Darius Leonard and all their people. Well, I took a pay cut, too. Yeah. So. I would go trade if I was the Colts. Send who you need to and – you know, and then for a win think, now offense. Yeah. Yeah. The Falcons aren't going to yeah. want to put Julio in the NFC. So yeah. any team in the NFC, they're probably going to be reluctant to do <laughs> Avoid, it. Yeah. Cause you saw what he did to Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Hey, bro, the Falcons are not trying to have that happen to one of their DBs. Like yeah. imagine AJ Terrell gets ma- mauled and manhandled like that. Oh, I mean, and, and you know how I feel. <laughs> I think, I think Julio's mauling anybody he's, he lines up against. So no, I agree with you hundred percent Marquise. If, if, from a Falcons perspective, if I was to see him traded anywhere, I would hate to see him go to like the 49ers. I would hate to see him go to the Packers. Um, but he, I, and he's done them right. So, you know, I feel like, you know, they might just send him off. I think he wants to. I, he, they'll, this is the, the terrible part. 
but good part is we respect Julio, so they'll take his his uh, where he wants to go into consideration. Yeah, for sure. What would you have to say, Terrence? No, nah, nothing. I was just okay, saying. got you. So um, we'll wrap this up here. Uh, I think we had a, a very successful uh, episode three. Um, Terrence, if you'd like to get into your word of the day or message of the day, uh, we'll let you wrap it up. Yeah, so I'm going to go with financial literacy. Oh, yes. Word of the day. So as we all know, wealth is knowledge. Uh, financial literacy is the possession of the set of skills and knowledge that allows an individual to make informed and effective decisions with all of their financial resources. So being in the finance industry, um, something that I can definitely vouch for personally is, um, you know, keeps growing up the way we did. Nobody ever taught us stocks. Nobody ever taught us, you know, things that's going to build generational wealth, rental properties, things of that nature. So get, to get you guys' mind rolling a bit, there's, you know, all kinds of things that we can do and in order to help our financial well-being. So something that I want, you know, anybody who's still listening at this point to take out of this is we, we have to break the generational curses of wealth. Something that we have to do is invest our money and invest our money in ourselves. Um, Make your money work for you. If all possible, you know, if you can be your own boss, have your own business, great. Um, But financial literacy, you know, obtaining that knowledge on things that may be uncomfortable for you, whether it's the stock market or, you know, um, investing in some sort of business or something like that. But definitely, um, financial literacy is something that we should definitely be investing some time in for sure. I like that. That was a good, that was a very good one, Dan, this week. Um, so Marquise, you got anything to add before we head out? Nah, that was it. He's really, he's fought on with the word of the day. I just, I got a thing, you know, make your money work for you. You know, yep. your money is only going to make so much in the savings account. You go put into some stocks that dividend money is going to make more than you will in the savings. CD, then, you know, it's, that's exactly it. It's like we, I'm sure we have plenty of viewers that own or, you know, own a million pair of Nikes, a million pair of Jordans. Okay. Think about what that money could do for you. Own the company, continue to build your portfolio. Yep. Okay. Let Nike pay you dividends. Yep. And let Nike buy you Nikes. That Nike stock going to cost the same price. Don't you buy Nikes. Let Nike pay you dividends and Nike buy their own product. Nike, yep. Nike, the stock costs probably about the same pair as a new release of Jordans or something, you know. I mean, you're saying, you know, don't treat yourself, but just yeah, consider something. Yeah, Absolutely. definitely. I mean, own the company. You own a million pair of shoes, buy the company, get the dividend, and let them buy your Nikes. You work, you work for your money, let your money work for you, right? Um, exactly. That's episode three. Uh, cover four with the guys. I'm Nick. We got Marquise and Terrence. I hope y'all have a good night. Um, Appreciate y'all. Uh, appreciate y'all for viewing us. Uh, check in next week. We'll be back with another episode.